When you come to West Texas, folks, saddle up. You're going to go on a wild ride. You're listening to the official podcast of the nation, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. Yo, what's up, Raider Nation? Welcome to another edition of the nation's official podcast. We are your host. I am TJ Kern. My good buddy, Blake Hartsfield, is the other voice you hear on the pod. Blake, it's been a while. A lot has happened in Red Raider land. How you doing, my friend? TJ, I'm doing great. It's uh, right before the holidays here. Christmas is, is around the corner. Uh, a lot of good things have been happening with Red Raider sports, from football to basketball, that I'm, I'm excited to get into here with you. Um, and and let's just get into this, man. It's, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Red Raider. Definitely an exciting time to be a Red Raider. And uh, we went bowling, Blake. And not only did we go bowling, we uh, kicked some cow butt. Yeah, TJ, um, not going to lie. When that game started, I was a little concerned. Uh, Cal comes out and jumps all over the Red Raiders. But uh, to the team's credit, they responded. The defense buckled down, uh, kind of shut Cal down for the last three quarters of that game. And can we give a, a standing ovation to one Baron Morton? I thought he was outstanding uh, in that game. He had a couple of just absolute dimes for throws. Um, TJ, he looked healthier than he's looked all year. Um, it, it looks like the couple of weeks off certainly did him some good. Um, and, and I just thought he was outstanding in that game. He goes 27 of 43 for 256 and three touchdowns. Um, spread the ball around. Uh, you know, they, they did give the ball to Taj uh for about a hundred yards and a touchdown, but I thought Baron Morton was the standout player of, of, of that game. Man, it's just nice to see him healthy. Like all, I mean, all year. Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't really know this. I mean, as far as being plugged in, I mean, we knew he wasn't practicing a ton, but the fact that he was just basically going out there on Saturday, according to what the announcers were saying, um, after like very little practice throughout the week with this AC, uh, injury that he was dealing with, um, it was just nice to see him healthy. Just shows the talent, TJ. I mean, he was getting no reps during the week and coming out and, and putting out performances that were good enough for the Red Raiders to win. Um, I certainly don't think he played to his full potential because he was probably only 80, 70 to 80% healthy. Um, but they did get that little three-game winning streak to get bowl eligible. Uh, let's We don't need to rehash what happened down in Austin. That was an ugly game. Uh, and then they win the bowl game. They build some momentum. They got the extra couple of weeks of practice, which you and I have talked about how important that is. Um, and yeah, we, we look forward to next year. And not only that, it was Brooks time yet again, down in Shreveport. Yeah. Uh, 22 carries 98 yards. It's four and a half a tote TJ for a touchdown. Um, and I think we're going to get into some of the roster next year before we, after we wrap up the bow on this season, but, uh, one Taj Brooks is coming back, which I think shocked everybody in, in, uh, Red Raider land. Everybody thought he was going to go pro, but he did announce he was coming back. I know I was shocked. I know we we, we kind of texted each other like, man, all right, like ring the victory bells on that one. Yeah, for sure. We are going to get into for sure. Um, as far as this though, season, TJ, you know, a mixed bag. Um, if I were going to give them a grade, I, I've got I've thought a lot about this and I've gone back and forth between like a C plus and a B minus. I think I'm going to give them a B minus just because of how they finished the year, that three game winning streak prior to the Texas game, how good they looked in the bowl game. Certainly some disappointment, uh, as we've talked extensively about. Should have never lost to Wyoming. Um, and I think the West Virginia game was frustrating. Um, I don't really hold them uh, 
I don't really hold the BYU game against them, even though I thought that was a game that they were clearly the better. They have a better roster than BYU, but when Baron Morton was out and they were playing a third stringer and Jake Strong, um, I, I don't hold that against them. Uh, but to McGuire's credit, he he posts his second consecutive winning season in the Big 12, which prior to him we hadn't seen in a decade in, in Lubbock. So um, as a whole, I think the program moving in the right direction. Uh, so I'll give him a B-. minus. It's going in the right direction, and – I think you're in the right range. B minus is probably where I'll go, but I'll I'll be a little I'll be a little stiffer. I'm, I'll say C plus. C plus for me, just based on the Kool Aid that we drank. We did Purely drink a lot of Kool Aid. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what are you, what are you gonna do? I mean, you you jump out of the gate, lose to Wyoming, uh, the whole Tyler Shuck debacle. But I will say this. Getting this experience for Baron Morton is going to be the best thing. Looking back on this year, we're going to say Baron Morton getting these reps was the best thing that could have happened. Completely agree. I think uh, Baron Morton is primed, TJ, to, to potentially be, if not the best quarterback in the Big 12 next year, one of the best two or three. Um, and, and I guess this kind of gives us an opportunity to kind of pivot into expectations and, and everything else for, for next year. But TJ, he should be like a kid in a candy shop next year. He's going to have a much more talented receiver room. Obviously he's got Taj Brooks coming back, but then, um, in the receiver room, uh, obviously they've had some transfers out, but you get, in my opinion, your best receiver from this year and Koi Eakin coming back, uh, Dre McCray is, is going to come back as a weapon out of the slot, but then, TJ, what I'm excited about is Michael Hudson uh, signed today officially. So you National think, signing day. Yep. And five, first five-star in program history, the number one player in the state of Texas, depending on which recruiting site you look at. Um, I, I think it's safe to say that he is going to play significantly as a freshman. Um, and then two transfers, TJ. They get Josh Kelly from Washington State, who's going to be a fifth-year senior Um at the, I believe he was at Fresno State prior to being at Washington State. This was one of the top two or three uh, receivers in in the transfer portal that was available. He's a 6'1", 191-pound guy who can play on the outside or the inside. Not a burner, but he's a tactician as, in terms of being a route runner. Um, really good at high point in the football. I think he's got like a 36 or 37-inch vertical um, and, and was really a coveted weapon. And then the other receiver coming in from Florida is Caleb Douglas. He's a little bigger at 6'3", probably a little bit more explosive and faster. Uh, he started off uh, this year at Florida in his first three games, looked really good. Then he got hurt uh, for the rest of the year, was out, and I don't blame him for winning. He got out of the dumpster flyer that is Florida football right now. So uh, he commits to the Red Raiders. He's originally from the state of Texas. Uh, McGuire gets him to come in. So, yeah, I mean, Baron Morton should be like a kid in a candy shop. He's going to have a lot more talent around him to make plays for him than than all of the drops and frustrations we saw from that group this year. I am so big on having playmakers, and Josh Kelly is a playmaker. I actually got a chance to watch. Don't ask me why I was watching Washington State football, but I watched a couple of Washington State football games. I'm impressed. I, specifically the Washington game. Okay. Uh, at the end of the year there and uh man guy makes plays I'm, I'm excited i i think some of these guys not that i don't think micah hudson can come out and be a stud right away because he but will I think these guys are going to take the pressure off of him a little bit not to mention the tight ends the tight end room gets better 
with the yeah. Arizona State transfer and Connors. Um, mm-hmm. Find another tight end today. And what I'm really excited about, the offensive line, Blake, getting a remake. Much needed, TJ. They've gotten a couple transfers, and I believe they got one from Toledo, and then they got another guy today who was a very highly recruited JUCO, uh, Maurice Rodriguez, who had offers from Georgia and uh, Florida and Alabama. So if he if he's getting offers from from Georgia and Alabama, he, he's probably a pretty good offensive lineman. Um, the, the Toledo kid was highly recruited out of the portal. Um, but you're right. The offensive line uh, needed some upgrade uh, as a freshman. Ellis Davis, I don't think he's going to come in out of prosper as a four star and play as a freshman. He's probably going to red shirt. But um, to that point, next year should be the first year that we see some of the fruits of uh, Joe McGuire's recruiting. You saw it a little bit in the bowl game with guys like Roberts on defense and some of the young guys getting some run. But um, this will be year three. So his his freshman class from from two from two years ago when he first got the job will will start to make an impact. You'll see it even more so in, in 2025. But um, I think the, the the biggest thing to take away from this, CJ, we all know Joe McGuire can recruit. But I, I, as I look at this and he had a top 25 class his first year. Um, his high school class this year, TJ, 22 in the country. That's outstanding. The transfer portal class, they've gotten 10 transfers, uh, number six in the country. So uh, anyway, you slice this, um, this is going to be a more talented football team next year between the guys coming in and transfers that can make an immediate impact. And then, like I said, some of those guys that have been recruited over the last two years, um, being able to come in and, and you know seasoned enough and been in the program long enough and the strength and conditioning to be able to come in and make an impact at the Big 12 level. Um, so I've got high expectations for next year. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid again, Blake. I said I wouldn't, but, uh, man, I'm excited for what is going to happen in the 806 next season. But before we get to that, Blake, we got to talk a little hoops, some bad news on the hardwood, Devin Cambridge out for the season. DJ, I think it's a big loss. Um, the little, I know we haven't touched a ton on basketball on this podcast. We've done it a little bit and, Obviously, with the the football team being done and and conference play getting ready to roar up here in January, we're um, going to be focused a lot on that. We, I think we've got post games planned and among other things. But Devin Cambridge provided something that this team needed. We talked the little bit that we have talked. We've talked about uh, the lack of size on this team outside of Warren Washington, and Cambridge was kind of one of your bigger wings, I guess is the best way to put it, that could play the four. Um, him going out for the season. I feel for that kid. I hope that he gets a medical red shirt and is able to come back next year and uh, play for the red Raiders. Or if he decides to move elsewhere that he gets that last season of college basketball. But um, I think this one hurts. I think that uh, up until his injury, I thought pop Isaacs had been and should be this team's best player. But I think with what Cambridge brought, he was your most important player. Um, just because he was kind of that quote unquote second big, even though he's a little undersized for that, he played big. He was a good rebounder, uh, could guard four positions. Um, so I think they're gonna they're gonna feel that loss uh, pretty significantly as they get into the Big Twelve. And they had even played some small ball when they had Cambridge healthy without Warren Washington in there, kind of like a kind of like that team a couple years ago that went to the Sweet Sixteen and played Duke. You, you're six five, six six all the way around. Yep. Outside of pop, you know, and uh, a couple of the guards, but basically not Mark Adams defense where you're switching everything and seeing Santos Silva guarding the point guard that, that wasn't going on, but that small ball lineup was producing results. 
It was TJ. And and look, um, we've got to give coach McCaslin some credit. Um, he's got a lot of moving pieces that came in and, and he had to basically rebuild this team from scratch. You know, Adams didn't really leave him much in the cupboard outside of, of pop Isaacs. And, um, I guess, you know, Jennings, who I think is going to have to be forced to, to play a, an expanded role. And, um, I think he also deserves a lot of credit for Kerwin Walton. He seems to have reinstilled confidence in, in that kid. Um, he, he's an offensive playmaker, but then you look at the guys he brought in, you know, I think, um, Williams is certainly a guy who can contribute. He's kind of a do it all everything. I think McMillan is clearly a sharpshooter. He had that game where my guy. Yeah. I mean, he's, he can shoot it from, from half court. It seems like, and, and look, um, they, they did lose an overtime tough game at Butler. I thought they looked pretty good in that game. Um, and they lost to Villanova, but they've blown out Michigan. Who's a perennial tournament team. They, they blew out Vanderbilt in their most recent game without Devin Cambridge, um, they're currently sitting at eight and two, um, and they've got three more non-conference games left. As I look at the schedule, uh, UT Arlington, Sam Houston and North Alabama, I think it's fair to say they're going to win all three of those games. So, um, they should, 11, they should. Uh, so 11 and two coming into the big 12. I think if you win eight or nine games in the big 12, um, which is basically going 500. Um, and we've talked a little bit about their schedule, how they avoid Kansas twice and things like that. I think they can get eight or nine wins and, that should get you into the tournament. And I think if you'd have told me before the season that they make the tournament, even if it's as a 11 or a 12 seed, if they make the tournament, I think that's a huge success for, for Grant McCaslin in his first year, especially given um, how late he got, how late of a start he got compared to when Adams got with beard. He waited until he was done with the NIT with, with North Texas before he took the job. Then it took him, you know, a week or two to get on campus and and kind of evaluate the current roster, make some decisions, and then start recruiting to what he wanted. So, um, I think if you'd have said before the season, make the tournament, sign me up for that, and and I think they've got a real good chance to do that. Not only sign me up for the tournament, Blake, sign me up for some more Joe Toussaint. That dude is just tough as nails. I love it. I knew when he re- he uh, signed with Tech, I hit up our buddy Ted Emmerich, who we're hoping to get on the show here soon for uh, his annual basketball uh, appearance Absolutely. on the show. With, uh, you know, but uh, I saw some highlights, and uh, Ted was just like, "Dude, he's he's just New York tough." I mean, it, and that's what this team needs. He's everything that I hoped Davion Harmon was gonna be. TJ, when we got Davion Harmon, I, I was really excited about his transfer when he came in. That. Um, via Oregon, he had spent two years at, at Oklahoma prior to that and was a proven Big 12 commodity. Uh, Joe Toussaint comes from West Virginia. And look, West Virginia hasn't been as good as they, you know, maybe have been in the last over the last decade, the last couple of seasons. But, um, say what you want about those Bob Huggins teams, they were always tough, they were always very hard to play against. And Joe Toussaint was a big reason for that. Um, he's everything I wanted David Harmon to be in that he could come in and, and be a proven know what you're going to get, know what to expect big 12 kind of guy. And I fully expect him to, you're going to get a mixed bag game to game in terms of the scoring numbers, right? There's going to be games that he scores a little bit more. And then there's going to be games that he's maybe a little bit more quiet if pops is hot or McMillan's hot or whatever, but he's a true point guard. He's going to get him into the right sets, get him into the offense. He's going to play outstanding defense. um, And he's just going to be tough. Like you said, a guy that is a proven piece to a winning formula uh and it's going to make a lot of winning basketball plays that might not show up in the box score uh every night but a, a guy i'm super excited about for for this big 12 season and i guess we got to bring it up 
you're eight and two, and Pop is struggling with the three ball. And I shooter shoot Blake, not worried about Pops. Uh, he, he, he'll be fine. But uh, what do you think of uh, his play so far? Like you said, TJ, he shooters are going to shoot. I think he's been in a little bit of a slump. Um, I'm trying to pull up this Vanderbilt game here. He was uh, three of seven from three against Vanderbilt, uh, six of 16 from the floor for 19 points. So maybe that's the game that kind of busts him out of it. Um, I think he's had the green light from from Coach McCaslin to, to continue to shoot, which he has. And I think he will continue to get that green light until you get two or three games into conference. And if he's not making shots and he's continuing to struggle, I think you'll see McCaslin uh, dial that back a little bit. Um, and while I'm talking about coach McCaslin, one thing that I love TJ, I don't know how many of their games you've watched um, his energy. I, find that on, I have ESPN plus. Well, his, his energy on the sideline is a breath of fresh air. Um, it reminds me so much more of what Chris Beard bought brought to the table um he's animated you you know when they're on defense you can see him squatting down slapping the floor barking you know pointing barking out orders um same thing when they're on offense he's you know got his hands moving and he's pointing out you know rotations and uh pointing guys where he wants them to go calling sets and and i just love that energy compared to what we had last year from coach adams who frankly to me looked kind of like a statue at times where he'd stand over there with his arms crossed and um you didn't see a lot of emotion from him so um, that's that's a breath of fresh air. And Coach McCaslin, I mean, give him give him credit. Like you said, he got a late start. He finished that season, won the NIT with North Texas there, and then to come a little full circle, we go back to Denton, where uh, before the season, Tech wins the scrimmage against the Aggies, who are very good. Announced a home and home that Tech and AM are going to renew the rivalry on the hardwood. I love that. And I hope it's a precursor to football as well. I, I have missed, I'm going to miss the UT game, TJ. But for the last decade since the Aggies left, I've missed that football game. And I'm hoping that, that they, that obviously they got the, the basketball agreement for the home and home. First game in Lubbock, second game down in College Station uh, against Buzz and his, his, his crew. Um, I think that's outstanding. I love it. And, and I hope that it, it, establishes lines of communication between the two schools and um, maybe we could work out a home and home football series with them, which, which I think every red Raider would love as well. That wouldn't that be fun. Oh man. I always the turmoil that's going on down there. uh, Mike Leach owned the Aggies for their last 10 years in the big 12. And it was always fun just to whip them. I mean, it seemed like whenever we played them in Lubbock, we'd whip them like 56 to 14 or 59 to 17. And then, um, we'd win about every other one down in college station and, and kind of a tough hard fought kind of game. So um, yeah, I'd love to play the Aggies again. That that's a fun game. And I think it's good for the state of Texas. Yeah. Back to my, my biggest A&M memory was uh, before they left the conference was when I was a student and they had a running back by the name of Javorski lane. I don't know how much you remember yep. about that guy. He guranteed an Aggie victory in Lubbock one year and was that the Reggie oh, McNeil Aggie? Was that the Reggie McNeil led Aggies? Aggies? Do what? Was that the Reggie McNeil led Aggies? I don't. I think Reggie McNeil was already gone. Okay. By the, okay. By the time I was in school, um, Reggie McNeil was in Lufkin. He graduated from Lufkin a little a few years ahead of me. So, um, but yeah, Javorski Lane, the Lane Train, uh, guaranteed a victory in Lubbock, and uh, was. Uh, 
greeted with lots of booze as the Red Raiders won that day. So that was that was a lot of fun. But man, I, uh, I have man. I have two I have two Aggie memories that that were my favorites. The first was the uh, it was Graham Harrell's sophomore year, his first year as a starter. Um, we went down and played in College Station. A tough game. They scored to go up like 27-24 with like a minute to go. And that was the Graham Harrell, like 45-yard touchdown pass to Robert Johnson uh, in the corner of the end zone to, to silence Kyle Field and steal a Red, a Red Raider win. And then my second favorite one was the following year uh, when they came to Lubbock and, and they did the first thing I've – the, the first time I've ever seen a team uh, rush two and drop nine into coverage and Graham Harrell still threw for like 450 yards on them and scored 50-something points and – um, they could just do nothing to stop us. And it, it was always fun to to kick the crap out of the Aggies for sure. Yeah. Shout out Graham Harrell. Yeah. But uh, man, another staying on the Aggie front here, my welcome to Texas tech moment. I've, I've been in Lubbock maybe three days and the A&M is playing the Longhorns. Now nothing has nothing to do with tech A&M and the Longhorns are playing hoops. And AC Law was playing for the Aggies. I remember him. Yeah, and DJ Augustine, I believe, was was the lead player for the uh, Longhorns. With Lamarcus, might have been on that team. I don't really, I don't remember. This is I pre, remember pre KD. Um, KD, I, I went to the game where KD went off on us uh, when I was a student, but that's another topic. Mm, Pat Knight. Um, but yeah, so AC Law was on the Aggies. My dad played football at AM. I'm new to tech. I haven't even been there a week. And we're at crickets or you know, we're, we're, we're on Broadway. We're 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 somewhere. I don't even remember where we were. Um surprise, surprise. I don't remember where we were that night. <laughs> Sounds but, like uh, Lubbock. Yeah. I'm rooting for the Aggies. I'm rooting for the Aggies hard, right? Like like I like I've done my whole life when they play Texas. Like you and anybody that listens to this pod knows I hate Texas. And there's this guy by the name of Daniel Swanberg. I'll never forget it. He goes, "Wait a minute, you're rooting for the Aggies? We don't root for the Aggies. We hate the Aggies." And I was like, "Oh, that that, that was kind of like my my introduction <laughs> of the Tech tradition right there." But uh, it's a lose lose. It's it's a lose lose for Red Raiders. I mean, do you root for the Aggies? You root for the Longhorn? I hate both of them. Um, Personally, I I would probably pull for A&M and and would hate myself for it. But I just can't stand the University of Texas. So um, I joke around with all my Longhorn buddies that my second favorite team every week is whoever Texas is playing. Um, And there's some truth to that. Yeah, I'm big on that here on the nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake and uh, Blake, man. It's been a while. It's good to get back in the lab with you. Uh, had a lot to cover today, and uh, we got a lot to get into here with this basketball team. So uh, looking forward to that. But before we get out of here, how do we always end it? Wreck them. Wreck them. And we'll talk to you guys next time on the Nation's Official Podcast. <laughs>